0: to build your I'm curious here who here can remember using cassette tapes stick your hand up if you can remember using cassette tapes there's, there's a few of the you one of the things that cassette tapes had and both in the little form and the VHS form is they had a button called the rewind button Now, who here remembers the power of the rewind button? This button which, especially in the cassette form, if you wanted to re-listen to a song, brought endless times of frustration. Did anyone ever master the art of getting it back to the start of the song without having to hit fast forward and rewind umpteen times? We have one. I didn't. And if you hit it enough times, the cassette would then probably chew up as well. And I wondered, as I, I wanted to speak at the start about Rewind, and I thought, I wonder actually how many people have an experience of what Rewind is. And I guess for the younger people, it's when you get your touchscreen and you either Netflix or your MP3 player and you scroll it back, that's a Rewind. Taking it back to either watch the clip again or listen to the song again. And I know you can hit repeat, but I'm not talking about repeat. I'm talking about Rewinds. Now I wonder... If I was to make the offer this morning that you could rewind your week and start again, would you take me up on that offer? We got some people saying yes and some people saying no. And I guess what kind of week you've had would dictate whether you would do that or whether you would quite happily leave that week in the past. I wonder, for what if I was to change the offer slightly and say that you could go back to a point in your life, maybe a point that haunts you or pains you or frustrates you, a point that you could go back to and press that rewind button and do it again. Would we take that offer up and change that thing that frustrates us or haunts us, or causes us difficulty. I wonder if God was to make an offer to us and say, I'm going to press the rewind button on your life, on human history itself. I'm going to press the rewind button in a way in which I'm going to take All the stuff that haunts humanity. All the sin that separates people from me. I'm going to take it away. And I'm going to press the rewind button, says God, in such a way that all the stuff that separates human beings from God would be removed. that this would be the offer that Jesus Christ makes. That for human beings who hear the gospel and respond to it, they find themselves in a place which is almost back to Eden, where all that stuff which separated us from God is being removed. And what we have then it reconciled relationship with our eternal father. Point one is God's great rewind. And I'm calling it this because as I read about holy priesthood or royal priesthood depends which translation you look at. As I read about this, my mind first As it normally does, went straight to well, what does that mean? What does what do we do as a royal priesthood? And what shocked me was the commentators weren't saying what we do as a royal priesthood. What they were saying is this: is what we are. That in Christ, each and every one of us is a royal priesthood, and not as a function but as a status. That this is our identity. And they linked it back to the Garden of Eden and argued that as those in Christ, those where this division has been removed, the division of sin which separated us from God, we are back once more in a place where we walk in fellowship with God. And that this is what makes us our royal priesthood. It's not a function, but it's a status. The gospel tells us that if you trust in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. That the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and we remember that when we share communion later on, that the sacrifice that Jesus Christ did means, I got there in the end, it means that for all of us that trust in him and place our lives in his hands, our sin is gone. And we are in a place that Augustine would say we are able not to sin. we are free from the enslavement of it and have a choice. We can resist temptation. We're not always brilliant at it. But that choice is there. The work of Christ means that that division, that hostility isn't there. Second Corinthians tells us that we are reconciled with God and then given our ministry of reconciliation. We are brought back to God. As a royal priesthood, this means that we are a people for God. we We are a people who walk with God. I spoke about a rewind at the start. And it comforts me just how many youth actually have seen a cassette player, by the way. I feel a little less old this morning. But we have received that kind of rewind in Christ. All the stuff of our life that separated us from God. All the sin and shame that we would like to find a way to remove all the stuff that can bring up guilt and shame especially when we contemplate the fact that the God we worship as a holy God has been cleansed in Jesus Christ in that sense there has been a rewind button hit and we weren't given all of that because there was a point when we proved ourselves worthy Or because God would know there is a point in the future where we would find ourselves worthy. What a shaky foundation that would be to live in our relationship with God with. We were given it by grace. By hearing the good news and trusting in the God of the good news. Yet, It struck me as I pondered what the commentators were saying as I looked at the links from this description back to Genesis. There was one question that hit me like a bolt between the eyes and it's a question that I'm going to share with you all this morning. A question that God may be asking of us. A question that's a heartbreaking one. That he first that he first asked in the garden of Eden. I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 3. This might take me a while because this Bible has very thin pages and I wasn't clever enough to use the second bookmark. Genesis 3, verses 8 and 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. The Lord called to the man and says to him, Where are you? And it struck me as I read those verses, as I pondered what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. This reconciliation that each of us have been, that has been set before each and every one of us? Have we grasped it? Do we first for God? Or could God's question to us still be, where are you? And this is the second thing I want to look at. The first thing is, is God's great rewind that he has hit that rewind button. All that stuff that could separate us from God is gone. What's laid before us now is a Father who welcomes us. But as his question to you, where are you? As his question to me, where am I? And this I'm going to call our great hiding. We all know the effect of sin, that sin brought division. We see straight away in the Garden of Eden that people automatically resorted to hiding themselves from a holy God. They sought to avoid him. And yet, this brought that heartbreaking question from God, where are you? Something had changed. And you know, that is a question that I think a lot of us could relate to in our lives. There will be times in our lives when people that we've been close to, when people that we have trusted, perhaps at key times we feel they weren't there for us. And we feel the pain of that. And if we were to ask them this question, where are you? It would be filled with pain. Pain because of the feeling of betrayal that we experience. I wonder if it was so for God when those that he created to live with him in fellowship were now suddenly estranged from him. And he asked them this question, where are you? Sin had came and it had separated them from God And they hid. Yet, as I've already said, the gospel tells us that God resolved this issue. He didn't turn his back on the humanity that had turned its back on him. No, he set in place, even from Genesis, even from this chapter, a plan to redeem humanity. And this plan we know was Jesus Christ coming was as we've remembered over Easter, Jesus Christ dying and then rising again from the dead. The issue of sin, was Jesus was victorious over it. And yet if we are a royal priesthood, a people who are set apart for God, for our King, and if we think of what, That question was that God asked in Genesis, where are you? What would he ask of us this morning? Are we a people who have grasped this amazing reconciliation that God offers us and walk hand in hand with him? Or are we still a people that find ourselves hiding in the forest, watching, but not fully taking hold of the offer that God has made of us, made to us. And might he still ask us the same question, where are you? We're invited to intimacy, to intimacy with God, to live with him, to live for him, to be led by him, to experience the joy of being reconciled completely with our maker. How is that going for us? You know, it can be easy to hide. It can, it can feel safer to be in the forest and just watching what's going on. And we all know that the closer we draw to God, Sometimes the scarier things can get because God sometimes asks us to do things that are a little bit scary. He pushes us out of our comfort zones, He challenges us. He will upset what we think is right and wrong because Jesus does things that we can't always box as simply and as easily as we might like. Have we stuck to the forest? Or have we grasped the offer that God makes of us? Have we deepened our relationship? Have we deepened our prayer life? How is our thirst for God, our yearning for his presence? Are these things that compel us and drive us? Or have we settled for the safe distance? to be in the forest and to watch. And maybe God asks that question of us this morning. That can feel like an easy place to be, a safe place to be, but we're offered so much more in Jesus Christ. In Galatians 4, Paul says, and this is Galatians 4, verse 4 to verse 7, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent his, the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now, you are no longer a slave. But God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. This morning, all of us that trust in Jesus Christ, you are God's child. Jesus Christ has bought you freedom from sin, and you have been adopted. As God's own child. And He has set within all of us a spirit that yearns to cry out, Abba, Father. This is the kind of intimacy that God yearns for from us. Jesus came to reconcile our people to God, and He has done that. Let's not hide in the forest so we have God's great rewind we have our great hiding but we also have our new living we are a royal priesthood, that is your status it's a fact it's as much a fact as me saying the world is round it's as much a fact as me saying I'm losing my hair because I am and I blame Jonah, wherever he is. I think he steals it. This is a fact, this is your live, this is, your, this is the truth in God, but is it this morning, your lived experience? Does the spirit within us expressly yell out, Abba Father, as Paul joyously writes, Is it our experience? One of the questions I've been wrestling with over the past few weeks, especially of Resurrection Sunday, is how different would our faith be if the resurrection didn't happen? Think about that for a second. What difference would it make to your faith if the resurrection didn't happen? And let's not say, well, the resurrection confirms that what Jesus Christ said and did was right and true. God could confirm that in many other ways. What does the resurrection itself contribute to your faith? And I wonder, and I've been wrestling with that question because I feel that if we just simply say it confirms all that Jesus said and did, it kind of cheapens the resurrection itself. There's got to be something significant about it that impacts our faith. And one of the things that I think the resurrection does and contributes to our faith is that when Jesus Christ comes back to life, he offers this new life to each and every Christian. Now, I'm not talking about the fact we're living in our resurrection bodies just now, because if that was the case, I was definitely given one from the bargain side. But what I'm talking about is that we are drawn into this new kingdom. This kingdom where Jesus Christ reigns as a risen Lord. And it's a peculiar kingdom because this kingdom is here, because you're here. And because Jesus Christ reigns, but we know it's not here in its full form. Because we know that happens when Jesus Christ returns. But yet, in this kingdom, is to be a people who are given life and abundance. A people who the Bible tells us that when the sun shall set, you free, you shall be free, indeed. A people reconciled to God and that is what makes us a royal priesthood and it brought me to a question and it's a question that I'm going to again share with you guys are you content just being saved or do you hunger for what salvation offers. And that is a life with the living, true God. Salvation is awesome. Salvation sets us free from sin and promises us, yeah, I got that right, life eternal. And this is good. But it does more than that, much more than that. It reconciles us with the God with whom each and every one of us was made to live with. Are we content simply being saved? Or do we hunger and thirst for the one that salvation takes us to? That being our God, the one Paul describes as our Abba, Father. That is where the life is offered. And that reconciliation with God and that relationship with God, one in which it gets deeper and deeper and transforms us greater and greater. And we are filled with his love and expressing that love to the world. We've all met, I'm sure we've all met people who we know just by looking at them are Christians. You just know it. They've got some sort of vibe about them. What is that vibe? The vibe isn't good works. The vibe isn't any of these things that we would try to nail on. I think the vibe is that we can see God in them. And for people to see God in us... We need to spend time with God and let that reconciliation that we have all received deepen and deepen and deepen. That we grasp hold of the fact that our God was resurrected. That he makes this remarkable invitation to us all to follow him in the newness of life. And he gives us this remarkable assurance that he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. That there is nothing on earth, not even death itself, that can separate us from him. And his invitation to each and every one of us is that we go to him that we have fellowship with, with the one that we were created to have fellowship with. So I will sum it up as this. This is your identity in Jesus Christ. You are a royal priesthood. And the offer an invitation that's placed before us all is to draw closer and closer and closer with our Abba Father. But do we stand in the forest Or do we grasp hold of it? Are we content with salvation? Or do we hunger and thirst for the God that salvation draws us to? We're going to share communion in a short bit and I'll invite the band back up just now and they will prepare to lead us in our communion song. Communion reminds us that what Christ did was to reconcile us with God and also with one another too. It reminds us that a great price was paid and it reminds us that this offer is not because you are worthy or I'm worthy, but because we trust in Jesus Christ. This meal is a meal of joy because this meal reminds us that in Christ it is accomplished. God stands before you, his arms outstretched, much like we hear in that stunning parable of the prodigal son. Run to him. He's your Abba Father. Let's be a people that don't stand in the forest and aren't content with simply being saved, but hunger and thirst for our Father.